there! Welcome to the world of Pokemon! Or should I say, welcome to the world of Pokemon and technology. My name is Spruce. People call me the Pokemon Historian. This world used to be inhabited by creatures called Pokemon. For some people, Pokemon were pets. Others used them for fights. Myself, I study the history of Pokemon's extinction as a profession. First, what is your name? You meet in a tavern? Right, so your name is You Meet in a Tavern. This is your rival. He has oppressed the people of the world through the forced implementation of advanced technology and military force. Er, what was his name again? Eugene. That's right. I remember now. His name is Eugene. You meet in a tavern. Your very own Pokemon legend is about to unfold. A world of dystopian nightmares, environmental collapse, and species extinction await. Let's go! Everybody and welcome to You Meet in a Tavern Presents Void, Season 2 extension of our Season 1 meanderings, I guess I'll say. I'm Kirk Dubay, going to be the Pokemon Dungeon Master of this particular storyline. Along with me, three incredibly noticeable uh, characters, Joe in a different seat. We'll start with Joe. Joe, you're a player. Who are you playing in this campaign? I am. My name's Joe. I was the DM in the last campaign. Uh, in this campaign, I will be playing a female human. I guess we're all human. This is a Pokemon universe after all, but I am. My name is June Collins. Um, she is a rough and tough, kind of grew up on the streets um, in this old podunk town, old, old uh, decrepit city scape, uh, but she is she is uh, ready to adventure. Ready to adventure. Kicking it over to Brian Oxier, formerly known as Carl Withike, but forwardly known as who? Mortimer Finch. Uh, I am a retired miner from Orberg. Short and simple. I like it. And over to uh, Durf Turftoe, formerly known, forwardly known as who? Uh, Jimmy Abagnale. This character's name, A-B-A-G-N-A-L-E. I don't know, my wife's trying to say something to me right now. I'm not sure what it is. If you're watching on our <laughs> Patreon video, I'm the one uh, talking right now and enshrouded in a blood red mist because I have the worst <laughs> uh, camera of any of the cast. And I'm sitting in front of a red throw blanket. <laughs> Shout out to the Patreon members out there. They're going to be getting Jamal Tinsley a new camera for episode two. <laughs> 
but before we jump in... Uh, it also took us an hour and a half to set this up. <laughs> well, we didn't Correct. need to say that, buddy, but here we are. Uh, a couple of housekeeping items before we jump in to episode one. Um, if you're interested in the, more of the backgrounds of the characters that they just introduced, listen to our episode zeros, part one, two, and three. Uh, I believe we go Tins, Joe, Brian in that order for those. So check those out. Another follow-up thing... Um, this is a Pokemon adventure. It's an adaption, uh, an adaptation, excuse me, that Joe made uh, for uh, the 5E system that we'll be using. All that is readily available in the You Meet in a Tavern Discord. Um, so you can take a look at that to follow along a little bit uh, if you're interested in the campaign we're doing. And the last note is uh, we're really trying to bridge the gap between our D&D listeners uh, that have no uh, proclivity or interest or history with Pokemon and bring them into this new world. So um, there's not going to be a lot of prior knowledge necessary to be able to enjoy this story. So with that being said, guys, should I get right into it? Hell yes. Let's do the damn thing. Let's do the damn thing. Brian, silent acknowledgement. I'm going to get into it. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Going to take a swig of beer here. I probably shouldn't have done that. Now I've got all like water in my mouth. Like now I've got like saliva like built up. All right. So Jacob Pretty hit me in with a cool noise, like a chime, like tring. <laughs> We're going to do call outs. Okay. Already. Like that. A dirty and sweaty man in his 60s steps out in the busy, smog laden street. A voice from inside the building yelling, Take her easy, Roger. A quick, over the shoulder wave acknowledges the farewell. The man takes off his cap and wipes his brow, releasing a deep sigh. Looking down at the ten pogan he was paid for this week's work, he stares at the bearded face with militant cap on each bill, the face seeming to challenge the laborer to complain about his wage. In a flash, the money is snatched by a running passerby, and the man shoved to the ground by another. A meager stop them escapes the man's lips as the two teenagers make their way down the street, only to be tripped up by a man in a military police uniform. The MP's rifle more than convincingly persuades the teens to hand over the stolen currency. The man makes his way to the officer. Thank you so much. I need that money to feed my family, he mutters. The officer glares at him, shoving the poyan in his pocket. The old man turns to him. But my family, please, the man pleads, reaching for the MP's pocket. Without hesitation, the butt of the rifle finds the side of the desperate man's head. How dare you attack military personnel? The words, however, fall on deaf ears. The man laid out in the street, blood beginning to pool around his head as the MP walks away. As the view pulls upwards, the busy street seems to swallow the man. Neon lights fill the peripheral as up and up it goes into the sky, pausing for a moan over the city, the dense pollution causing the lights to refract in odd ways off the skyscrapers. We are shot across the landscape that reveals stretches of dried, cracked earth. Oceans, both flooding cities and revealing wildly receding shorelines. Factories upon factories, pumping industrial smog. Row housing, each unit indistinguishable from the next. Till finally we careen back towards the earth, towards a small town with a large factory that sits silent. Abandoned buildings littering its surroundings. An old sign, cracked and covered in graffiti, just barely holds on the weather-worn words reading, Pallet Town. Snapping to the left, a large building can be seen, reflecting the same weariness as the rest of the town. The remaining skeleton of a laboratory, perhaps? 
You are blinded by artificial light in the room as the cloth bags that were over your heads are pulled off. As you all look around, you see three rows of people with six people in each, two-foot gap in between each individual, and you're all facing the same direction. The room is open, well-lit. The edge is lined with a few men and women. In front of you are two individuals whose stature alone demand your attention. Before you can process what's happening, your thoughts are pierced by our booming voice over a speaker in the upper right-hand corner of the room. Welcome. I am Kanos, the leader of the Kanto chapter of Team Void. You all have been brought to our headquarters in Pallet. We have identified you as potential assets to our cause. You'll be given a Pokemon at random. You will then be paired against another individual in the room. The winner of that battle will keep that Pokemon and have the opportunity to join us. The loser sent home with no memory of this experience. Good luck. You peer up to the front of the room and you see uh, a brother and uh, what, what you assume to be a brother and sister or a brother and brother, a sister and sister, two twins, tall in stature, silver hair, very lanky, you know, pushing six foot, seven feet tall, incredibly sharp features. And all of a sudden they kind of break the silence, kind of draw everybody's attention back up front from maybe those that eyes wander to the speaker. All right, first up. We've got June Collins and Harlan Weir. And you see a a, a muscular kind of well-coiffed man in the front right uh, row um, awkwardly kind of walks towards them. And you see one of the two kind of spin one of those lottery bins with balls in it, pulls out a ball, looks at the number on the ball, hands it to them, and then hands him a slip of paper. Uh, June is kind of like gets up, I guess, from where she was seated with the cloth over her head, and she kind of, you know, like twists her arm around, stretches out a little bit, dusts off her pants, and she says, I guess we don't have much of a choice then, huh? The the two in the front just kind of, they look at you and, and shrug, shrug their shoulders, and they start spinning, uh, spinning the, the wheel again. Another ball is produced. They take a look at it, and they, they take a look, check the number, hand it to you, take a sheet of paper, and hand it to you. And real quick, you can see that each of the balls that you're given um, are about the size of a baseball for the sense of you know comprehension to outside of the world. Um, they're jet black, and it has kind of a purplish V spiraled into it, um, which you can now assume is the void V. Um, and it's just stamped in the middle of the ball. And uh, the folded sheet of paper in the ball is handed to you. And they say, and both of them kind of look at each other and like kind of like do like a one, two, three, and then turn back. Begin. She's just looking at this ball and looking at this paper and kind of turning the ball over in her hand. She's like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? You see um, uh, Harlan across from you holding the ball and then like whips open the sheet of paper. Um, and then immediately just l- like drops the ball out in front of him and it goes ting, ting, ting. And out comes out a small brownish bird about in a foot and a half tall with red wings. And it, you just hear it go. Rrrr! And Harlan <laughs> looks at the sheet of paper again and he goes, uh, uh, uh growl. 
and okay, so to clarify, we this might be the first time June has ever seen a Pokemon in her life. Correct. Like in the flesh. Correct. Okay, so she kind of backs away, freaking out. She looks at her ball. She looks at the piece of paper and she opens it and reads the paper real quick. The 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 paper says press press button in middle of the ball and throw. And it has three words on it, harden, tackle, and mud slap. Okay. She uh, pushes, she, I guess, cautiously pushes the the button on the ball and chucks it at the bird. Like, as, as close as she can to <laughs> the actual bird. Uh, I mean, it, it all of a sudden careens on the ground and cracks open at the first bounce. And this little four-legged shell thing... This little four-legged shell thing pops out. It kind of seems to be coated in metal. It has a very uh, oval-like head, couple uh, couple black pinholes in it, and just like ice blue eyes. And it, it's now right next to um, this bird Pokemon that you now assume is a Pokemon because you're told you're battling with them, but it's a right. bird Pokemon right next to it. Hell yeah. So this is an Aeron out of character, right? Correct. Pretty jacked about that. Um, okay, sweet. So uh, she sees this thing appear, um, and it kind of looks back at her, and she looks at it, and she looks at her paper. She's like, uh, duh, Harden? And now, now, just now that we've got it going, let's roll initiative, and then we'll just resolve whichever one happened in order. Okay, sweet. I use my trainer stats for initiative, so I rolled an 11. June's dex is a 14... So that's uh, 13. Um, so that uh, beats Harlan by one. So your Harden will uh, happen first. Okay, sweet. So as soon as those words leave my lips, uh, Aaron's eyes just flash blue. And all, all of a sudden, this sheen just kind of surrounds the, the metal Pokemon. You, the, the, the metal on the outside just looks shiny and it's kind of shimmering in the light, uh, even shinier than before. And its AC is increased by one. Excellent. Um, and um, what is now, to those of you that want to look it up for maybe a mental image, a Spiro is what Harlan has, um, a little small uh, bird Pokemon, and he's using Growl. So you just kind of hear the Spiro kind of like, it starts having like this guttural, like, just kind of like a screech, and it starts flapping its wings um, at the Aaron. And then, uh, Joe, can you make a wisdom save, please? I can. Uh, we got... No, plus zero. All right. That's a seven. So that will fail. So um, it's uh, on a fail. You add minus one to any attack for the duration of this fight. But you are up now um, and you've already you've used Harden. So you maybe again, we know what it does statistically and outside of this moment. But now you've just seen this sheen kind of go over your Pokemon and you have two other words on that sheet of paper. So how do you elect to proceed, my friend? Yeah, her eyes quickly glance down the paper, uh, catching the word tackle, and she assumes that's obviously some kind of um, offensive maneuver. Tackle sounds like it's going to do some damage, so she reads it a little bit more confidently, kind of planning her feet. She says, all right, uh, tackle, and I'm going to roll a 12. Uh, 12 ties, 12 ties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's with the minus one. So 12 will hit. All right. So Aaron, uh, hearing these words, something in its brain clicks and it rushes forward towards the sparrow with its head straight down to try to collide into the bird. 
and it's going to do four normal type damage. Uh, Harlan kind of like steps back and is like, huh, I, uh, um, uh, 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 use peck, use peck. And uh, the Spiro kind of like is jarred by how uncertain uh, the, the Harlan is, the trainer in this case, uh, but attempts to use peck. Uh, 21. Yeah, that'll hit. <laughs> so it only, it'll do two damage. Um, but the Spiro kind of bounds over to Aaron, rears back and goes, and then pecks. But you see, like, it does a little bit of damage to Aaron, but like the Spiro's like beak cracks a little bit. Um, and Harlan realizes that something's wrong. It's like, why? What's wrong? How did that? You gave that, you gave them a stronger Pokemon. This isn't fair. <laughs> and uh, we all know it's because uh, Aaron, I believe, is fa- flying attack uh, resistant. Yep. Yeah, resistance to flying attack, so half damage. So June's pumped about this, kind of staring this little Aaron down. She's like, all right, little guy, you're tough. I like it. And uh, she looks back at her paper, and she's like, all right, let's try, let's try the other one. Let's do a mud slap. And um, Aaron digs into the ground with its with its feet, kind of collecting a little bit of mud, um, and flings it at the Spiro, but it goes right past. It totally whiffs, misses, doesn't do any damage to this bird Pokemon. And June says, "What? What the hell was that?" Harlan invigorate. All right, Spiro, peck it again. Um, thirteen. That will not hit. The, the, the Spiro kind of rears back and kind of like flinches to itself uh, because of how much hit, its last attack kind of hurt it. And it's back on uh, June. All right. Oh, well, that didn't work. Good. Do it. Do another. Uh, do it. One of those tackles. And Aaron rushes towards the Spiro once again. This time going to roll a 17. That hits. And that'll do. Four, another four damage as the Aaron slams into the Spiro's side. Well, feathers fly. The the Spiro's careened back into the wall, and um, a, f- a couple feathers puff off again. And it, it kind of it's teetering a little bit. It's uh, you don't need to know much about Pokemon to know that it's it's not in good shape. And Harlan realizes as well. And uh, in a desperate attempt, he looks down at the moves and he goes, uh, "Leer, Leer, do that one, do that one." Another wisdom save. Yep, wisdom save. All right. Uh, eight. Uh, that is a fail. Um, and what for those of you at home, Lear will give me a plus one on uh, my attacks moving forward. All right. I still have a minus one, right? Yep. So over, right. over to June. All right. Aaron, once more, finish this guy off. Use a tackle. The natural 20. Yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah. Go ahead and just chalk this up however you want because it's going gonna, it's gonna to resolve. All right, sweet. So the uh, Aaron kind of gets another glint in its eye. Um, it's its shell just a little dinged from this peck, but in, with determination, it plants its feet and digs it into the dirt and lunges straight at the sparrow and drops an elbow right at the sparrow's spine, and the bird just collapses to the ground. Spiro is crumpled. Uh, its eyes do the patented whirlwind s- symbols as it, it is knocked out. Um, you see the, the two in the front, the two that commanded your attention at the beginning. They both look at each other, go, oh boy, we have our first one. 
and um, they, 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 uh, one of them bounds over to Harlan and snatches the Pokemon out of his hand and goes, oh, Spearow, return. And it's yanked back into the jet black Pokeball. Uh, the one holding the Pokeball turns over to the other one and goes, Raz, we got to take care of him. All right, Ren. And they each release their own Pokeball from their hips, and you see a massive blue mound of tentacles with kind of a void in the middle with two eyes that seem to peer out and two arm-like tentacles that lead with red tips on each end. And another Pokemon comes out, yellow on top, brown on bottom, holding what kind of looks like a uh, hypnotist's uh, necklace or hypnotist's uh, chain with uh, with a dangling orb at the bottom. And Harlan is like now kind of looking around. He's, there's like clearly a lot of moving parts to what's going on. And uh, uh, Raz turns to, uh, turns to uh, what you will, for those of you that want to look it up, a Tangrowth, or excuse me, to the Hypno, which is the yellow with the brown bottom and the, the hypnotic orb, and goes, Hypno, put him to sleep. And you just see Harlan immediately just kind of start wavering and fall asleep. Oh, how fun! Dream Eater, remove his memories of this day. And Hypno just kind of walks over to Harlan and just awkwardly grasps, grasps his head and then just kind of makes this sloshing, sucking noise above his head. And you just kind of see this weird material go, go into the Hypno's mouth. And then uh, Raz turns over to, to Ren, as you will find out. Ren, your turn. The big Tangrowth reaches out with his limbs, wraps up Harlan, and begins to drag the, the fallen, uh, the, the asleep victim out of the room. Uh, June kind of gives a little side eye back to the other two uh, guys that entered the room with her with the, th- with the uh, bags over their head. And um, she just kind of inches closer to Aaron, not sure what the hell just happened, um, and kind of motions to the to the twins. Is he going to be all right? Uh, however, move to the corner of the room, and you just they press on. They they have another set of names that come up, and finally you hear Jimmy a big nail is uh, a big <laughs> nail. I don't a big nail, and. Percy, and you just all you hear is, oh, 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 this is it, this is my moment. And he and he waddles up to Raz and Ren in the front of the room. The wheel spins, and he's given the ball and the piece of paper. And by now, you know, you kind of understand what might be on the piece of paper and obviously what's in the ball. Um, Tins, you're on the floor, buddy. Well, Jimmy's walking over to the to get a, a ball or whatever. Also looking for exits. Uh, <laughs> Can I do a perception check for escape routes? Yeah, yeah, sure. Go for it. 18. Uh, you see there's um, on the far end of the room, so you're facing the front. To your left is where you saw um, the Tangrowth, for example, drag Harlan out of the room. And the other following losers of the battles, you know, progressively get drug out of the room. And across from that door on the opposite wall is um, kind of a a 
ironclad door that's kind of sealed shut. So it seems like it would be easier to go to through the door to the right where they're dragging people out than to the left. Is that door open? Uh, the one to the right? Yes, it is open. Okay. Well, so Jimmy's going to take the ball and the paper. He's going to immediately open up his paper, give it a glance over. So no, then, so you, well, you're you looking at... Tell the, me what it says. Yeah, yeah, okay. So looking at the paper, you see Lear, Pound, and Focus Energy. And of course, the same description as above, press the middle of the ball, throw the ball, blah, blah. Okay. So Jimmy is going to turn to Percy and uh, put his hand on his shoulder. He's looking at his paper in a way that Percy cannot see the paper. And he says... Hey, buddy, I think they gave us the wrong ones. Can I see your Pokeball for a second? Um, and you're, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming, trying to trick him in some in some sort. Yes. So uh, make a persuasion check. Deception? Or excuse me, deception check. 14. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have old Percy roll against it. Okay, two. So... <laughs> In historically Naturally. accurate Percy fashion, he's like, oh, I mean, okay. And he hands he hands you his sheet of paper. No, I asked him for the ball. Oh, for the ball. Um, yeah. So he hands you the sheet of paper anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jimmy's like, uh, okay, worth a shot. Uh, and then tosses the paper away. <laughs> so did you look at the paper at least? Well, sure, I'll look at the paper before I toss it. On the paper, you see Bide and Harden. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I am going to fold that piece of paper up and put it in my pocket, and then I'm going to throw my Pokeball on the ground. Uh, Your Pokeball careens off the ground, and out comes a small bipedal Little uh, little grayish mattered muscle hamster looking thing with a kind of a two by four, just or maybe a four by four, like tucked under uh, one of his arms or one of his or her arms, and nice. just kind of like ripply, like pink muscle veins kind of going across its back. Percy sees you release a, release uh, your Pokemon and does the same thing. He rears back to throw, and it just pops out of his hand as the chocolate-covered Pokeball drops to the ground, and out comes C-Dot. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, so I still have his moves in my pocket where they will remain, and I'll say, uh, hey, let's try a pound. Um, so let's do a quick initiative real quick. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's just my initiative, right? Yes. Which is plus dex. Yeah. 21. Cool. Percy got a five. So <laughs> uh, for those of you at home that want to find out what this Pokemon looks like, it's a Timber. T-I-M-B-U-R-R, I think. Yes. Yep. And um, Exciting. you're up with a pound. All right. Um, wait, so I didn't add this guy on the app. Do I need to... I I have those I have the base stats. So what we're gonna do? I'm gonna allow you all to pick their their ten their um their uh, uh what's the traits or whatever to like boost a stat the up. Nature, yeah, the nature. nature. I'm gonna yeah, let you yeah. all choose the nature after this. But for right Sweet. now, we're just using flat stuff. So um, pound is uh, plus three attack, and it's a one d six plus one. <laughs> 
Natural one. How, how are you going to miss this tiny acorn Pokemon? <laughs> uh, Timber, very confused by this whole situation, as, quite frankly, am I, uh, just takes his two-by-four, swings it over his head to pound on CDOT, and just pirouettes in the air from the momentum of his two-by-four, uh, doing no damage to the CDOT. <laughs> um... Percy was like, whoa, that was crazy. All right, C dot pound. Obviously, he has no sheet, so he's just <laughs> emulating wood. And the C dot just kind of spins on its heel and looks at him, and then immediately itself tries to run out of the room because it is terrified. It is absolutely terrified about what's going on. Um, I, I guess uh, chase him down. Let's keep pounding. Pound him. Pound it again. That, you said it's a plus what? Uh, your attack is a plus three. Thirteen. Uh, that's good enough. You said one d6? Plus one. Seven. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Percy's like, bah! he's like chasing after Gumball now, who just got crushed by this four by four and sent it to the wall. dot use uh, what some of the ones the other people said. Tackle, tackle it. And the C dot <laughs> just is like now like pushing itself against the wall, trying to stay away from Timber and definitely stay away from Percy. <laughs> uh, T- Timber is just continuing in pursuit, flailing wildly with his two by four using pound. Uh, that is a 17. Um, that, I mean, obviously that'll hit. So what, what I'm going to interject here. Uh, Raz and Ren, the two are kind of seeing what you did. You, you got the piece of paper that that Percy is in no way, shape, or form going to be able to close this out. And uh, uh, Raz, she was, or excuse me, Ren, she walks by and snatches the Pokeball out of his hand, kind of as you're focused on Timber and the C dot. And right when uh, uh, Timber is about to lay another uh, crushing blow at the four by four, oh, C dot return. And the C dot is immediately sucked back into the Pokeball. And Timber sh- swings his two by four where C dot was moments before, spins around, carries the momentum forward, and pops Percy on the head, knocking him unconscious. <laughs> Ren goes, Well, we haven't seen that before. <laughs> and Raz goes, uh, Hypno, Dream Eater, get rid of his memories, I guess. And then the hypno just awkwardly goes over and just like, but like nothing happens. Nothing happens. He just kind of shrugs over at, uh, over at Raz. Like, I don't know. There might not be anything in here. Like, (laughs) 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 and then Raz and Ren look at each other and they shrug. And uh, the Tangrowth now wraps up Percy and drags him out of the room. This is Joe. I am no longer your dungeon master, but still player and host of the show as I edit and produce kind of these episodes and post these mid rolls. If you are a new listener, welcome. Welcome to Void. I hope you're enjoying so far. This is a great campaign. We're off to a great start so far. We've recorded a few episodes and it's been a blast. If you are a uh, recurring listener, welcome back. Glad you're here. 
Um, just a few things to note if you if you are here for the first time, we have a, a large community of listeners. We've got uh, Discord, Twitter, Facebook, all at YMIA Tavern. Um, a link to the Discord is going to be in this episode description. We also have a Patreon page for those of you that want to support financially uh, the show. If you really are enjoying what you're listening to and you, you want to get more, we have different tiers. We have a dollar, a five dollar, and a ten dollar tier, um, all with different rewards. The $10 people um, get videos of each each podcast. So you so you get behind the scenes action. We don't edit those at all from start to finish. You get every bit of content that doesn't make its way into the podcast and you get to see our beautiful faces. And not only that, but you get a shout out here. So to all our $10 listeners, $10 patrons, thank you so much for your support. Holly Roxana, Jamal was my favorite until he sold out. Now it's Kirk. That's one name. Rockin' R's Woodshop, Strive for Honor, Team Eugene, Charles Hollow, Chris Nelson, Ethan Johnson, Adam Hoffling, Nasty Neal, Mark Deacon, Matthew Watson, Raver E. Alice, Brandon Galbreath, if I said that wrong, tell me, Super Average Jason, Michael Stevens, I'm sure you're not average, Jason, Michael Stevens, Brendan Endicott, Grant Trickle, Liquor Locker, Jace Harper, Jonathan Zeman, Max Bender, John Dalstrom, scroll down here. We got a lot. Dash Cole, Andre K, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, Tarkin Davis, Sierra Clark, Jason Ford, I'm Just Saying, and Kyle Roberts. There's a lot of names, a lot of awesome, awesome people that support us. Thank you all so much for what you do. Um, and thank all of you for listening, for tuning in. Um, I hope you stick with us. This is episode one. There are many, many more to come. And we're excited. We're excited to have you here. We're excited to do this campaign. So uh, I think that's about it from me. Enjoy the rest of the show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Immediately after you all finish... Raz and Ren, you're, there's kind of a contingency of people now kind of in the back corner of the room, the ones that haven't been drug out in this kind of bizarre fashion. All right. Um, next up. Uh, excuse me? Excuse me? Yes. Can I ask a question? No, this isn't question time. Please <laughs> okay. go stand okay. with everyone else. Uh, okay. He goes and stands with some other people. <laughs> Last up, we have Mortimer Finch and... Old man Jenkins? How did <laughs> how do we not have a a name for this man? And some he is a very short kind of like bow-backed man like creeps to the front with a cane and he's got a bowler hat on and kind of like the mustache I've got and just a heavy squint, kind of like a Mr. Magoo like squint, might not even be able to see more than like 10 feet in front of his face. And he kind of walks up to the front corner of the room, kind of like bumps into the wall and finally makes his way over to Raz and Ren. And he is handed a Pokeball and a piece of paper. Uh, so Mortimer's sitting there and he, you just kind of see him. He starts patting like his pants uh, in his pockets and just feeling himself he's lo- like he's looking for something um, and then he, he kind of just looks up at Raz and Ren and Raz Raz nope that's not right <laughs> oh, I, no. I, I've got I've, I've got it I've been oh, working no. on this I am Mortimer Fitch alright Raz uh, <laughs> Raz and Ren um, 
I've just got a question. Uh, do you all have my book? I had a book with me when I was taken. I never leave it anywhere. Do you have Do you have my book? What a fun book it is. And then both <laughs> Raz and Red look at each other and they just kind of like start like doing a little clap in front of them. Such a good book. I suggest you win. And they just hand you your Pokeball and a sheet of paper. I, uh, oh, oh, I, there's only one problem with this, uh, situation and, um, it's slightly embarrassing. I can't read. We have <laughs> contingencies in plan for that. How's your memory? Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty oh, good. Perfect. Raz, he can't read. And uh, Ren, I'll handle this one. I don't think he can read either. At least he can't see. So both of them each kind of cross each other's paths. Uh, Ren walks over to you and whispers into your ear, hypnosis and lick. And uh, you don't know what's what Raz says into uh, old man Jenkins's ear. All right. Uh, and kind of as... I've seen the other competitors do. I just kind of roll out the the little Pokeball. Um, the, the Pokeball rolls out and then just kind of hits like a groove in the ground. So it gets a little pop in it. And once it lands back on the ground, out comes out a black orb with large sinister looking eyes and just a trail of purple gaseous material kind of seems to flow behind it. Um, and it just has a small slit of a mouth, and all you just hear is, gas. <laughs> and old man Jenkins is mortified. He just hears this, and he kind of 180s and, like, Nolan Ryan's his ball into the back wall, like, away from you. <laughs> and it, like, crashes into the wall with so much momentum, it actually lands, like, back behind him where it should have been dropped to begin with. And out uh, of his Pokeball pops out a little red uh, lobster-looking thing. Uh, red top, kind of like tan base. The claws are split red and tan. And just cork, 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 cork. And just chomping. Just It's it's just like claws just going... Choo, 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 choo. And let's roll some initiative. Fifteen. Uh, nine. So Old Man Jenkins is going second. You're up more than a finch. What are these for reference? Because I'd obviously have no <laughs> oh, idea. Oh, yeah, so uh, great point. So um, <laughs> right. for the one that you uh, sent out, it's a ghastly. Nice. Okay. And for the one that old man Jenkins sent out, it's a corefish. Okay. All right. Oh, fun. It's like a crawdad. I guess oh, it does look delicious. And um, I, Lick it. I don't know. L lick it. <laughs> Roll it up. What is what is my oh, oh I'm sorry it's a, it's, it's a plus four plus okay. four on yep. attack and it's a one d six plus two so a dirty twenty to hit yeah that'll hit and a three a whopping three damage did you you added so you rolled a one plus two I, I rolled a one yeah gotcha um how does it look yeah I mean uh, you, you know what licking something is so yeah you, you I'm know what you can describe this one. <laughs> So um, my the the ghastly just kind of floats over uh, to the corefish and is just slightly out of range of these little snappers um, and just dives in between them um, and licks the corefish 
right between the eyes before kind of soaring back up out of range. The core fish is disgusted. It's like, <laughs> like it's like it kind of like, you just kind of hear like a sad trombone, like, and it just skitters back a little bit. And just lick, not paralyze in this. I'm on a you 19. You got to roll high enough, I think. On a dirty 20? Oh, yeah. 18 or higher. Well, the natural, yeah, the natural roll has to be 18, 18 or, higher. or higher, right? Oh, yeah. so it would have been a set. Uh, I guess it would have been 16. Then, yeah, it? it was a 16. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Dip, dip, dip. Um, old man Jenkins still, fa- still facing the wall. Just screams, Bobo! Please, Bobo! And the corefish like looks back and just like you just see its mouth starting to gurgle. And then it just spits a stream of tiny bubbles at the ghastly. Does a 13 hit? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, I've got it. You have the stats. Uh, A 13 does hit. Tough news. (laughs) Tough news. Uh, for three damage. So now I'm piloting both these characters. Here we go. So uh, the the bubbles kind of like eat like three of them kind of stick onto Gasly and then just and they just pop on on, uh, on the Gasly and it just kind of recoils a little bit. Uh, but it's back onto Mortimer Finch's turn. Ah, uh, that I don't think I want to. That one he said was uh, um hip 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 hypnosis. Use a hypnosis on it. Oh, so I've got, I've got to do a uh, a, a wisdom save. <laughs> Please pass this one because if Corfish falls asleep, old man Jenkins is just done. Cool, <laughs> a three, so it's asleep. <laughs> it's asleep. Um, you can add status effects, can't you? Add status effect. Asleep. A creature that is asleep is incapacitated and restrained for the maximum of three rounds. Failing any strength and dex saves during that time, a sleeping creature can roll a d20 as a bonus action at the beginning of each turn, waking up on a result of three or higher. So, Old Man Jenkins has no clue that Corfish is asleep, just shouting bubble (laughs) at the wall. Just bubble! (laughs) Um, Corfish... I rolled a 19 on the bonus action sleep. Corfish hears the piercing shrill of an old man belligerently screaming bubble. And it just pops awake and its mouth fills up again. And more bubbles are sent in the way of Ghastly. And it hits for two damage. And it's back on Ghastly. Ghastly and Mortimer, I should say. Oh man, that 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 hip, hypnosis thing was didn't didn't even do anything. He just oh, lick 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 oh, lick it again. I guess I I mean it's the only thing that does anything. Oh god, six to hit. Six isn't gonna make it. Shocker. Uh, I want you to know that throughout your entire like trying to command ghastly around, your voice might have been lost by just. Bubble getting routinely screamed by the old man in the corner. And now he's shaking his cane at the wall. Bubble! <laughs> and it's a four. Finally, the just the vocal piercing of old man Jenkins has Corfish just using its claws to just kind of cover the sides of its head to try and reduce any of this noise. And it's back on Mortimer. So Mortimer kind of feeling like neither of them really uh know what they're doing uh it's gonna walk over to old man jenkins 
and strike up a conversation. Bye-bye! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh, Jen- Jenkins, Jenkins, I need you to just calm down, take take some deep breaths. Um, you should try something other than bubble, okay? Um, what other spells did they tell you to use? <laughs> or are, are they spells? Are they... I, I don't know, but try something other than bubble. He just, he kind of like, he hears your voice and he kind of like snaps around and holds his cane kind of like defensively in front of him. And he just uh, kind of peers in what he assumes your direction. He says, they only said bubble! (laughs) And he just fucking screams bubble again. And the corefish whirls around and fires bubbles at you, but like by the time they get to you, they have spread so far apart that all of them just kind of pitter around you and pop. <laughs> and at this time, you just kind of hear this audible like, <sighs> <laughs> and Raz and Ren both have their arms crossed and just keep looking at each other like, mm, mm. can like, like you just kind of hear one say, can can we unasleep one of the other ones? And the other one's like, I. Raz, that's not how it works. And they just peer over at you again. Where's old man Jenkins Pokeball at? It's just on the floor. It's just on the floor. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna he, walk uh, over and pick up old man Jenkins Pokeball and just go return. And Corfish is just sucked into the Pokeball, <laughs> and Raz and Ren immediately look at each other and like, and they just start like whispering. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, and then they just kind of like walk over. They grab the Pokeball from you. They're like, go in the corner. And they walk over to old man Jenkins. And Ren puts her arm around him and kind of starts walking it out. And Raz is like, I need to put him to sleep and eat his dreams. And she's just like, he's, but he's so old. And they just walk him out of the room. <laughs> Once old man Jenkins is back and Raz and Ren kind of come in and they kind of like pull their shirts down and kind of like adjust their clothing, they turn to address the group. Um, all right. That's was an interesting way to finish that. <laughs> Ren and Ren looks at her sheet of paper. It's kind of a clipboard. And she goes, oh, well, um, this is when you break, we break you up into your groups, I guess guess um uh, J- june raises her hand and jimmy she- also raises his <laughs> hand mortimer also raises his hand how convenient <laughs> the first person to go and the last two to perform so wildly inappropriate we're just going to put you all together maybe, no no no, no. Maybe, june has a question yes hold on june maybe you can show these gentlemen uh a little bit more uh what uh tact and flair is about uh but let me announce the other what, groups i'll handle what, your questions what was, what was that last thing you said fat and flair panache and flair panache and flair. can i ask a question thank you for uh, answering my first question i have a second question which is um uh, what the fuck is all this what, who are you guys they ignore you uh, and they, <laughs> the other group will have hank greg and sandra um, and you'll go with, I 
think Natasha. She's in the corner there. Jules, Max, Steve, you're with Yuri and uh, the two chuckleheads and June. Uh, you will be with Geneva. And uh, they point to the opposite end of where you guys are grouped up in the corner. Uh, a young lady just kind of walks through the door kind of right in that instant. Um, she's in her late 30s. She has red hair pulled back into a real tight ponytail. Um, she has like kind of a smirk on. Like this is maybe something she enjoys. Uh, but she has like a stern look in her eyes. Kind of tough to read what she's about on facial expressions alone. And standing next to her is a four-foot-tall blue amphibian, bright red throat sack, piercing yellow eyes. And both of, both of you, like, both of them kind of take a, an analysis of you three and then just kind of, like, awkwardly start slow clapping, like, oh, not, maybe not what they expected as a collective. Is it a Greninja? It is a Toxicroak. Toxicroak. Cool. June's just kind of like crossing her arms. She's saying, well, considering I'm the only uh, only one that actually beat my opponent. I beat my opponent. Without cheating. Is this, just, is this just bickering <laughs> you guys are having within a group? Because that's even yes. better. <laughs> yes. Um, did, they, did they say anything about rules? Did we, were we given a rule sheet that I didn't see? She rolls did you her get a eyes. rule sheet? <laughs> Have you guys seen the rule book of these fights? She rolls her eyes hard and goes down to uh, pick up her Aaron. Um, and she reaches down. She heaves him up into her arms. <laughs> uh, this tiny Pokemon is much heavier than it looks. Uh, so she drops him with a clank and then returns Aaron to the Pokeball and stashes the Pokeball into her jeans. Geneva, by this time, has sauntered over, hearing you all already starting to bicker. And she goes, everyone, just settle down. Just settle down. I'm Geneva. I'm your squad leader. You've, you've effectively passed your initiation into Team Void. That's what this is. Something you may have found out by now. Team Void operates through the use of Pokemon kind of unique based on the fact that probably none of you actually know how to operate with a Pokemon to begin with. And that's why we do this exercise as initiation. Those of you that can unstick the stick from the mud uh, are the ones that stick around. That's a lot of uses of stick. You're welcome. <laughs> and the other ones just fall by the wayside, whether through creativity outside of using the Pokemon itself fiercely battling with the Pokemon with the limited instructions, or just wearing down an old person, as Mortimer seems to have done. Um, Y'all made it, so congratulations. Um, made it into what? Into what we call Team Void. You may have heard some stirrings, you may not have. Some people know or about, some nope, don't. I haven't heard any stirrings. Nope. Geneva, can I... Do you have, um, can you get my book back from Razaren? I, uh, I really just feel, um, incomplete without it. She looks over to, uh, her, her Toxicroak and just kind of s signals it over to Raz and Ren, who are just kind of packing up, uh, the remaining belongings of the, the kind of first test. And, um... The Toxicroak comes back, hands you, uh, hands you, uh, your book. Um, 
as as the Toxicroak is handing the book back, um, Geneva kind of sees it pass from uh, from the Toxicroak hands to yours and goes, "Interesting. Avoid logo journal." I uh, I don't uh, look. This was my wife Tilly's, and I I can't read anything in it, and it's really all I've got left of her. I didn't know that's what that was. Interesting. You're going to be a fun one to follow. I'm excited. June, uh, Jimmy, a big nail, is it? A big nail? Is that right? Bag. 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 Oh, like a, like a, a shopping bag. A bag of nails? Bag. You're, you're like, a, Jimmy, a bag, a bag of nails? A bag, a bag nail. A big nail. <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> don't Jimmy, worry. Jimmy, a big nail. Jennifer, don't worry. A bag of nails here will be just fine. I mean, uh, just a simple clarification would have been just fine. I'll stick with Jimmy to just save me. So, Team Void, we are uh, we are looking to re-usurp the power that you is usurped from the people and the earth itself. We are a group whose veins run far and wide across uh, all regions of our planet. And as I mentioned, we operate through Pokemon. You either know why you're here, have interest, or know about us. And if you have no clue, that means we've sought you out. Geneva, I got a, I got a question. So, yes, Mortimer. So we are all um, uh, Team Void, but what is our team? Are we Team Void Void? We're, no, we're not like Team Void subs, subset R or Super. We're not like Team Void semicolon Super. We're just... As a collective, we're Team Void. As a squad, it is us four. I I lead you through your next phases of uh, missions. I give you... I'm kind of your go-to person within our facilities. Uh, you ask questions to me. Um, I'm going to coach you through uh, th- uh, this area, through your initiations through Pokemon. That's kind of where I come in. I love doing it. I love propping up our future members of Team Void. That's what I do. Thanks, thanks, Geneva. I really appreciate that thorough and detailed explanation. I can't wait to work with you further in the future. Thank you, D- Mortimer. June is kind of like turning her Pokeball over in her pocket, in her jeans pocket. She also shoves something else a little further deep into her other pocket. And she says, so Pokemon, where did you get them all? I've never seen one. Uh, well, you know, honestly, uh, Pokemon has kind of been uh, wiped out, uh, you know, through the industrial growth that our world has survived. Some of us are more inclined to support the nature-based aspects of the planet rather than the financial gain or industrial boom side aspects of this planet. Team Void is trying to find the balance between the two. The pendulum has swung so far onto uh, this industrial side of, uh, of the pendulum, and we're trying to swing it back. We operate through Pokemon. We breed them. We find them. We catch them. Um, it's typically a lot easier to find and persuade Pokemon to join your efforts when you're, in, you're flanked by Pokemon that trust you and you trust them. Before we go any further, though, I want to give you um, the the first piece um, of what establishes you as uh, what we call Void Grunts, our lowest level of Team Void members. And she pulls out three watch cases, watch boxes, and hands each one of each each of you one of them. And when you crack them open, it's a, a completely jet black kind of band 
with uh, a, a purple outlined face. And she says, okay, each one of you come up to me with your watch. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. You all have to go through it anyways. June, I'll start with you. I seem to maybe understand that you might be the leader of this group already. I don't know. I don't want to put that onus on you, but the other two seem a mess. Well, like I said, I did win my battle uh, by myself, fair and square. I, she looks uh, at Jimmy. I mean, technically, you had to use your Pokemon Thanks, to win Mortimer. your battle. Thanks, Mortimer. <laughs> I, I won my battle myself. As thank thank you, Mortimer. Thank you, Mortimer. Geneva plucks out the watch and kind of like removes the plastic covering to it. Toxicroak comes over and uses one of the uh, kind of like, uh, what are they called? Kind of like talon things uh, over its hand and pricks you in the middle of your palm so you start bleeding. Oh shit, what the hell? Geneva sinks the back plate of the watch into your blood and then puts it on. And the, the void watch all of a sudden lights up. He goes, now that watch is bound to you. Next, we scan in your Pokemon. And she pulls out the Pokeball, and your void watch reads the Pokeball. And all of a sudden, a kind of a voice pops out of the watch, and you just hear, Aaron, the iron armor Pokemon. It eats iron to build its steel body. Its hunger may drive it to eat any available iron, including vehicles and train tracks. Now registered to void grum member 124. We do that because only you can use that watch, and now the ball is bound to your watch, so only you can use that Pokemon. That's how we keep from our Pokemon being stolen and used by people we don't want. It's bound by blood to the watch, so they need to have your blood, your watch, and the Pokeball for them to be able to use your Pokemon. Sick. That's how, that's how we protect our assets. Same thing is done uh, with Jimmy. Toxicroak pokes your hand. You get the blood on the watch. And uh, slaps the watch on, scans in your in your Pokemon. Timber, the muscular Pokemon. It fights by swinging a piece of lumber. As they grow, the piece of lumber gets bigger. Goes over to Mortimer. Same thing. It takes a couple pricks to get Mortimer. He's He's got that slow <laughs> blood pump. <laughs> Pasty, dehydrated blood. Wow. Mortimer. Oh, shit. No, that's not your Pokemon. <laughs> Mortimer, the old man. Mortimer, the old <laughs> man <Almost> Pokemon. <laughs> the varicose vein Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ghastly, the gas Pokemon. Born from gases, anyone would faint if engulfed by its gaseous body. Which contains poison. And you have all been registered with your Pokemon. You now have Void Grunt watches. Geneva looks around and claps her hands and goes, Well, how about a tour? <laughs>